blessed with them. As long as you will it, Lord. God, we pray your perfect will over them, Father, over their mind, spirit, heart, and soul, over their bodies, over their health. And Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name, Father, that you would use them for the power of your kingdom, Lord God, that you would walk with them in their lives, Lord God, that you would touch them, that you would keep them, that you would protect them, and that you would um, just bring them through, Lord God, that you would guide their steps in every way, that they are not so small that we don't see them, that you don't see them, Lord. God, we appreciate every little bit of them, Lord. God, they're little bodies, but they're big parts of the body. And so, Lord, we just thank you for them. We pray over them this evening, Lord, that they would receive your word, that they would hear by your spirit, Lord God, that they would carry something away with them, Lord, that it would be written on the tablets of their hearts this evening. And, God, that they would know that they are loved and who they are loved by and who they belong to, Lord. And, God, we just praise you and we thank you for them. Even in times of distraction and restlessness and goofiness, Lord, we thank you for the gift that they are. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that you would go before them right now, Lord. Be with them and guide them and use them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, you can follow Teacher Ronnie and Teacher Tommy. They will take you to wherever you will be going. You know, can you grab my keys and give them to Ronnie? Good job, guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah, somewhere in there. Do you have the keys for the classrooms? See them? Give them. I can't find my keys. No, the Wednesday room. All right, so let's pray over our pastor right now as he brings the word of God. So, Lord, we just pray, Father, and we thank you, Lord, that, um, <laughs> that even in um, chaos or disorder, you can still um, reign one and only. God, Lord, we just thank you, Father, that we don't have to follow a, a service um, agenda, Lord, but that we follow your spirit. And, God, we just thank you for that freedom, and we thank you for um, the voice that you have that comes through our, our pastor, Lord. And thank you, Father God, for the spirit that is inside of him. And we pray, Lord God, that again, you would use him as a conduit of your word, Lord God, that would come out and go forth, Lord. And we just pray your perfect will be done, your perfect heart be spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Papa, you want to help me bring this down here real quick? Hey, Phil, is that ready to record? Is, the, is it ready to record? Oh, it's recording right now. Amen. Yeah, we'll bring this down here. I just feel like being down here tonight. I don't want to be up here. I got to get my water stand. Man. Before we get into the word tonight, I just want to take a second and remind us of something. Um, well, first, let me say this. It is the plan of the devil to get you and me, us, away from what we're doing. If you're not careful, what you're looking at, what is that? Is that your phone? 
That's okay. Yeah, what is it? Father God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we pray for that abduction, God, that it would, uh, we know first and foremost that your eye is upon the child and upon the person who did this. And we, we pray now to send your Holy Spirit to make what is wrong right. We believe it. We receive it. We know, Father, that you're hearing us right now and your will be done in Jesus' name that that child would be returned home safely. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for allowing his phone to not be on silent for that. That we could pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, that we wouldn't forget what we're doing. If you're not careful because of conditioning and because of years of those of us that have been churched, we fall into being influenced by our surroundings instead of realizing who we should be truly influenced by. And so sitting in pews and walking on this floor or coming in a building where maybe the dynamic, the acoustic dynamics different or we feel a little bit more spread out, whereas where we were before was a little bit more, you know, in the first place was a little like I could I could touch you, you know. Um, but if you're not careful, you can slip into a place of complacency on why you're here, what we're doing as a believer, not not as pathway, as a believer, as a, a person who is called to do the work of God. One thing I know is that nobody's called to come and just sit and listen. Nobody. You're on mission. You are called to be an ambassador of Christ. That's what you're called to do. That's what you're called to do. You're called to keep your eye on the ball, right? Because if you take your eyes off of Christ at all in any way, you slip into just sitting in rows and pews, right? Now, I believe there's a season of learning that's happening for a lot of people here. There's a season of steadfastness that's taking place. There's a season of getting a firm footing. You understand what I mean? Those of us who've been in church for a while, we know what we're talking about, right? If you've been walking with God for some time and you've been in church for a while, you kind of know what I'm saying because you've heard it before. But I'm saying this to both the person as a reminder who knows it and the one who doesn't. The one who doesn't see the true pitfall in front of you of becoming a church attendee. You're in family. You're a part of family. You are not just an acquaintance. Don't allow yourself to be an acquaintance when God has made a free expression of family open to you. Don't allow your flesh and your mind to slip into complacency. All of a sudden, you're not feeling it, so then you allow your feelings to dictate to you the truth. And it's not true. You have to stay rooted in Christ. Amen? Because in order to grow, in order to become less of you and more of Christ, in order for Christ to grow in you, you can't forget why you're here. You cannot forget 
why you get up and come down here. Amen. And so part of, give me grace. I'm asking you to give me grace. Be patient with me. Because part of, in all the moving parts, I mean, man, we've moved four times, right? And we're here, and we're settling in. But all that shifting and moving and changing and trying out a new app, and now we're back on this other app, and, you know, all this stuff is just stuff. The thing that matters has not changed. Has not changed. Amen. And so in all of this, I, I, was search, I was seeking God, and I was saying, God, I know we're getting ready to walk through Ephesians, but I just feel a little disconnected in the body. I feel just a little disconnection. What is it, Lord? And he spoke to me. He said, it's your prayer service. It's your time of prayer. This is what God spoke to me. We don't have a night dedicated to prayer like we did when we started. And that was something we vowed because God spoke to us and said, we will not break that. That has to happen. We need to have a service dedicated to prayer. We need that. We, you don't realize how much you need that. And it was in that time that prophecy came forth, words came. That was the time when God really met us. And he came to me again. He said, that's what's missing. At that 5 o'clock, it's not working. It's not enough time. You need to bathe in prayer. You need to seek God. I need to seek God. I want to lay wherever I want to lay. You know what I'm saying? I want to come. Like even when I was over here, right when prayer was wrapping up, I was like, I can't even lay in every pew and pray in every pew just to pray over this place. I can't do that because the time's not allowing me. And the Lord was ministering again. He said, I want you to switch it. You need to switch this. And amidst all this change, here comes something else. But we have to. This needs to be a praying church. You will never be a church of fellowship if you don't fellowship with the Father. Amen? We can never be that. And so I just don't want to slip into just coming. I want to be intentional about everything. I want to seek God. I want to find him. I want to hear him. I want to know him more. I don't know about you, but I want time with God. And now I get it on my own. That, that's not what I'm talking I'm talking with us. I'm talking with us. We need it. Oh, we need it. Desperately. And so what we're going to do is we're going to switch the day. So instead of having prayer on Friday, uh, Saturdays, we're going to end up switching it, hopefully, willingly, pray with me, to Friday nights. We'll do a Friday night prayer service the same way we did Saturday and then a Sunday morning. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do um, a Thursday. Now it's you, huh? Is it the same one? Same one? So we're going to switch from, from the uh, Saturday night to the Friday. And then we're going to move Thursday men's to Monday with women's. But the way we're going to do it is we're going to transition from men to women on the Monday. So women will bring their kids, switch them off to the husbands, and the husbands will take them home. That's how we're going to attempt to do this. And we're going to need to adjust a little bit as we do it, but it's going to be okay. What we're going to do to accommodate that is about 10 minutes before the women come, we're going to coordinate with a couple of the, of, of the people here, and we're going to have them go into the children's room so that way the women can start their study as the men's are wrapping up so that way there's not this conflict of, like, you know, switch. So we're going to figure this out. But we're doing that. We're doing that so we can have our, our Friday night prayer. We need to have prayer. Guys, I'm telling you right now, 
don't forget why you're here. This word, this thing that God is doing is not easy. No, it's not easy, man. If I had a little box of confetti, boom, right? Like that's what people want. We got, we got the truth. Amen. And it's in front of us. And people want excitement. They want excitement. But what we get excited about cannot be the sparkles, right? It has to be Christ. And the only way to do that is less is more. I, I just feel like I need to remind us. Less is more. That's why we're not right now throwing a party in the parking lot and figuring out how we can reach the community. That's why we're not doing that. We have all the means to do it. We have all the gifts and talents to do it. We have all the know-how to do it. But because God said don't, we can't. We have to do what the Lord says. Less is more. This is what people need, eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly. They need personal touch. Not shoulder to shoulder thinking we're moving in the same direction. We need to be face to face. The second thing is freely people come in your life. Freely they go. You don't try to hold to anybody. I'm talking personally like family, friends, loved ones. You don't try to hold to anybody, let alone in the church. Don't nobody belong to us. We all belong to Christ. And if somebody who comes in the church is in the flesh, either they're going to be compelled to change or repelled to go. There's no, you can sit in church for 10 years and then you get saved. No, it's either Christ is drawing you, God is drawing you in that moment, and then you get saved. Outside of that, there's, we pray for everybody who doesn't know this truth. Freely people come in your life. And freely they go. Doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. Doesn't mean it's not going to cause pain. But it's not your problem. Everyone belongs to God. Amen. The other thing is this. Walk in the spirit. We went through a couple weeks of free will and a couple things. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. If you are a believer, say amen. If you love Jesus, say amen. If Christ is in you, say amen. If it's his mind, say amen. If it's his desire, say amen. If it's his will, say amen. We need to remember, he is spirit. Christ is spirit. He is not human. Amen. We have to remember this. We have to remember this. We cannot lose sight, my brothers and sisters, of this, what you've been called to. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Is that good? A little bit of a reminder. We need it. We need it. Recently, we switched from uh, our app that we have for our support group and the men's group and, and our fellowships, and we have this app called band, and, and it's how we communicate with each other for people who uh, come to men's and they want to stay updated with that, or people who feel called to come and help what is going on in Pathway, and they, they come into the support group, and so they, we have this app, and we use this app, and we switch from that app to an app called Slack. First of all, I don't even like the name. I like band, it's better, but I don't like band either. 
I just I wish it was something else. Like group. I don't know. But the, we switched, right? So we had the switch and it and it didn't work. Everything in it was perfect from an administrative side. Perfect. But one problem. Nobody was getting notifications. Guess what? Can't communicate unless there's a ding, right? Something's got to alert you to stay connected. Amen. Back in the day, it was a pager. Right? Then before that, it was a phone call. Right? Before that, it was a door knock. I mean, there had to be something that got your attention. And you know what? It didn't work. So we had to switch back to what was working. Do you know between that whole, just literally, I'm, guys, I'm talking, you're pressing a button to download an app. You're pressing another button to join. You're, I, this is, that's the exercise. But our flesh made it like it was. I mean, we made it like it's work, like trudging through. And we do, our flesh does that. We're just switching apps. I'm talking for myself. I ain't even speak about it. I'm talking for me. I'm going, man, this is, this is hard. No, it's not. It really is not. Why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? Because we don't like change. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would be okay with switching back, before, back and forth between apps on your phone, right? Let's say you use a... Who, who uses, uh, like, Venmo or Cash App? Anybody ever use that in here? Okay. So you use Cash App, then you use Venmo, then you use Cash App, then you use Venmo. And what, how many of you would be okay with switching one time? How many, one time switching between apps? Maybe once you'd be okay with it? Twice? Be okay with it? At what point are you done switching? You're like, seriously, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> right? I just can't take these changes anymore because it, why, though? What is it about the exercise of change that causes us to finally say, I quit? You know what? I'm not even touching either of them. I'm done. That's what people do to God. This is what people do to God. They come to Christ, and guess what? He starts revealing something that isn't changed in you. Right? So he changes you, but then he reveals something that isn't changed. Okay, and now you got to put Christ on it. Oh, man, you start feeling good. Then there's something else, right? So first he comes into your life, and the first thing he changes is what you like doing. He starts messing with you. Well, I used to like drinking. Now I have a problem with it. Okay. Well, I used to like smoking, but now I have a problem with it. Well, I used to like sleeping around, but now I have a problem with it. Well, I used to like hanging with a certain crowd, but now I got a problem with the crowd. It's just, it's never ending. And then you think when you get into ministry, oh, for sure, this is a, this is a landslide. This is, and you get into ministry and you realize it's not what you thought it was. I thought the church was supposed to be united. Then you realize there's churches who put the name of Jesus on their buildings and on their stuff, but they're not following Jesus. There's no sacrifice in their life. It's, I mean, there's no, it doesn't look like the Bible, right? You look and you go, and then you feel God saying, yeah, you got to be this. And you go, oh, this, this is hard. And switch, 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 switch. Flesh, spirit, flesh, spirit, flesh, spirit. I just got in step with the spirit and boom, there's the flesh again. 
right? That's why you can come to church and get full, and that vice is still waiting for you, and that vice could be anger. That's why when you get home or you get comfortable, you get too comfortable, and nobody's around, and then the flesh rears its head. And in that moment, you're switching. And you're, you're frustrated about it. How many of you have been the person who's upset and you're upset that you're upset? But the person you're upset at doesn't want to give you that grace, do they? So they see you upset and you're upset that you're upset and you know they know or they don't know that you're upset, you're upset. So everything you say sounds upset. And you're like, oh, at some point you go, I'm just mad. I just don't know why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And you, there it is again. You switch. Look, I want to get into this text, and I want the Spirit of God to move into us because I got hope for you tonight. There's hope in the house. Amen. We are not slaves to the flesh anymore. We are not slaves to the flesh And God, if you got to strip my house, strip my car, strip me from everything, I will take it that I might have Christ. Listen, I didn't say you just quit your job. Don't test God. No one should test God. But if God strips you of your job, that's different. Switch, 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 switch. God, I pray tonight that as I read your word, we would not grow frustrated with the change that's happening in our lives. But we would embrace that the spirit that you've given us is transforming us. Therefore, we can't stay the same. Thank you for changing us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pat the person next to you. Just pat them on the back. It's going to be okay. Like some of us were really, it's it's good. You're already doing a counseling session, right? You're just breathe in, breathe out. It's all right. Others of you are like my, my buddy Aaron, my bro. He's like, oh, my God. He told me to pat, and I'm patting. <laughs> well, that's one of those. <laughs> Repeat after me, right? It's going to be okay. Amen. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I want to open up in Ephesians 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God. Stop right there. Chosen by what? You know, we just came off of two weeks of talking about free will, right? And uh, I've been sharing this with people, and I've been saying, you know, We have restricted will. It's not free will. It's not the same as what God has. God has free will. We don't. It's not the same. We shouldn't even try to compare. Right? That's like trying to compare arm lengths. Like me and God both have arms, but his is longer. But I'm just saying I got an arm now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's just foolish to try and compare to God. It's foolish. We just came off of this teaching. We don't have it. We don't have this ability to just choose for ourselves We're compelled, we're won over, we're drawn, all these things. And here Paul's writing, watch this. And he says, I, Paul, in his letter, chosen by the will of God. Now today, if I was to stand before you as a man, and I was to say to you, I, Tony, chosen by the will of God. Now, there's some of us in here 
who are already in the spirit. There's some of us in here who are already in the spirit. And so when you hear that, you go, yes, amen. You can be there with me. But let's be realistic. Not everybody is in the spirit. Right? And we are in the spirit in some areas of our life. But then in other areas, we're not. And so if I was to declare to you every time I came and stood up here and I said, I, Tony, chosen by the will of God, and I was to declare that to you, there would be somebody who goes, well, who is he to say that? He's not Paul. No, you're right. I'm not Paul. I'm Tony, chosen by the will of God. And I make no apologies for knowing that God chose me. Actually, I should be able to declare that with boldness. And, and still be humble when I'm declaring it because I'm not making it about me. I'm making it about the will of God. But many of us don't understand that concept. Especially the young people, you know. It's hard for them to stay pay attention for 10 minutes. Let alone to surrender their life to God. Many of us remember when we were young. <laughs> I don't know if you were if you were like me, okay? I don't know if you were like me, but I was the guy who figured out things after I did it. <laughs> I got myself in trouble, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. That's how I got here. <laughs> if you're like my father-in-law, he was like, no, I know where that's going, so I'm not going to get there. I'm trying to, trying to like, you know. And I didn't know, and I know what it's like to be in the flesh in these things and to compare to people and where they're at. And people do it with money and status and fame and uh, houses. And they and these are all Christians. I'm talking I'm talking to the believer, the, the people who are professed believers compare their stuff to one another you know that and they and they and they do this when somebody stands up and says I've been chosen and they immediately look at it, what they're at and then they draw a conclusion and say no you're not you know no you're not but if God chose you he chose you and if he called you he called you and if he called you to do a task he equipped you to do that task amen the, the provision to get from here to there is already there. You're just not there yet. Amen. So as we journey through this and we see, why are you here? What can you just, all of you say your own name. I'm going to say I, Tony. You say whatever your name is. Ready? One, two, three. I, Tony. Chosen by the will of God. You have to get used to saying that. If you let the devil rob you of that, he robs you of everything. If he robs you of the truth that you have been chosen by the will of God, if he gets you to think that you got you here, he robs you of everything. This gospel is built on the plan of God. Not my involvement. His plan, amen. It's true. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't use the word apostle today. People think you're religious. 
But that's what you are when you're chosen by the will of God. You become an apostle of Jesus Christ. No, there is, the apostleship is not for a select few. The apostleship belongs to Christ, and wherever he is, the apostleship is. Amen. Wherever Christ is present, the fullness of God is present. I can't preach better than this, brother. This is where Christ is. This is why when Aaron preached on Wednesday, and I got a, I got a couple phone calls and texts from people saying that they saw this from a couple different people. They were like, man, something's different. I'm glad to see he's, he's being used by God. I'm glad it encouraged them. But little did they know that it was Christ in him because they're looking from the outside appearance. And there are other people who didn't send me a text that are saying, I know what's going on with him. I know what he's been through. I know where he's been. I, he, and he's preaching? I don't know about that church. And then they go there. If you want to see Paul's resume, you probably won't read his letters anymore. You have been called by God, brothers and sisters. Called, chosen, appointed, equipped, empowered. God did that. To do what? Not bow to man. Not bow to flesh. But to be used for the glory of God. To be used for the glory of God. Watch what he says. Let me say it again. To be used for the glory of God. That's why you may not see this place stay full. You may, not, you may see it get full, but you may not see it stay full. What you're going to see is a swelling and a reducing, a swelling and a reducing. People coming in off of curiosity, but then they meet a brick wall because it's Jesus that makes the standard come out. It's Jesus that stands in front of people and says, you cannot go further without me. And either they're going to get with it and their time in it has come or they're not. Amen. I remember when there was only a handful of us. I preached the same way, did I not? I preach the same way because it's not, this isn't just for a large group of people. It's for all people. And when you have the truth in you, you cannot help it. Christ comes out. Christ comes out. Watch what he says. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I mean, I'll need that right now. I'm, I'm just saying, may he give us grace and peace. Let's journey. Verse 3, all praise to God. May every one of our conversations, may every one of our times of fellowship and times of coming together begin and end with all praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So we see when Paul is writing, he's saying he's not at all separating the things that we have stepped into from Christ. Right? He is not separating. You know, uh, I think it was uh, last week I said, you don't need a therapist. Sorry. 
Some people, some people will argue that. How can you argue with an all-sufficient God who gives you every spiritual blessing and everything you need and then reason that down that you need a human being to, to give you counsel? How? Now listen, when my brothers and sisters come to me and say, I need, I need prayer, I need whatever, we lock arms because we're both going to the throne together. And we're two or more touch and agree. You shall have what you ask for. When you are walking together, you have something that is, a, it's like a, a promise that God gives us where he says when you, you unite and you touch, there's, a, there's something that happens in coming in agreement with the will of God and people. It, it moves God. But it doesn't move God because we will him to move. It's just we're lining up in a time when we come together at that time where God's already ready to move. And so he somehow just and puts it all together, you know. It's not that we do it. But he's saying this unity that he has with Christ is not separate from every spiritual gift. Christ is the heavenly blessing. Christ is the gift. Oh, that we would see that more and more and more and more. That there's no prayer worth praying if it's absent of Christ. Watch this. Verse 4. Even before he made the world. Say that. Even before he made the world. No, no. Say it again. Even before he made the world. Well, humans couldn't exist if there was no world to put them in. So watch what he says. And this, is, this goes, you're, you're recording, right? Let everybody who listens online, everybody that's in this building, hear the sound of my voice and know what God is saying through me. You were predestined. You were designed and known before you were designed and known. There's not a single person listening to the sound of my voice Right, wrong, indifferent, good, evil, I don't care who you are, that, that God has not already fully known your beginning and end. He knows every person that will be redeemed to heaven, and he knows every person that is going to be condemned to hell. Every person. I don't need to tell you if it breaks his heart or not. It doesn't matter. I know that sounds harsh. I don't need to tell you if it brings him joy or not. It doesn't matter. He knows. Have you ever stared into the face of someone who caught you red-handed? That walked in on you when you thought you had a secret and caught you and you haven't even told your loved ones they know and now you and that person know and they got you by the neck. Because they caught you. You ever had that happen? Thought you was good. You was way on the other side of town. You was all the way in another city. But you just so happened to be right in a place where you're caught red-handed. And you cannot undo what just took place. In that moment of being caught, in that moment of being exposed, in that moment, you cannot argue. You can try, but what's done is done. 
And I'm going to tell you something. Is it not right for there to be justice? See, the reason why us as believers have a hard time with this is because we didn't, we weren't given justice. We were given grace. So we have a hard time seeing that God is still just. So we, 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 we struggle with that. We go, but why would he send somebody to hell? Because he's God. So he knows who will go to heaven, and he knows who will go to hell. He knows every step you will take, every turn you will make. And I'm, I feel like I'm singing that song. Every step we no. but, but he knows everything, every hair. How can the God of the universe know every hair, not just that's on your head, for those of us that still have hair, no offense, Raul, but, <laughs> but, but not just every hair on your head, on your body that has fallen off your body, that has yet to grow on your, he knows you. How is it that this God who knows everything about you all of a sudden gives up what he knows that you might choose? Come on, brothers and sisters. He doesn't play chess. You move, I move. And I got you. Checkmate. It, it, it's only God's move. It's only God's move. Huh? As I sat here and I prayed today. I prayed for my brother. And I prayed for my father again. And I've been praying for years. And I don't know. I don't know, brothers and sisters. This is the reality. I don't know if God will draw them. But because of that knowledge that I have, it makes me love God. Not because I don't know. It's just because I know he's good. I have to trust him. What else am I going to do? Where else am I going to go? What, how other way can I think? I, there are people who go to hell. And some would say, well, don't think about that. Listen, we're not operating in the flesh here. That's your flesh talking. Don't think like that. You think your, your thoughts somehow changed God's will? My hand, my faith doesn't move the hand of God. I'm sorry. God moves my faith. God moves my faith. And when he's not stirring in me to pray, that's scary, man. That's scary. Because I can't, what am I to do? I'm praying for my brother. I'm, I don't care if he's on meth. Just don't let him go to hell, Lord. I don't care. If he's out of his mind, give him a right mind. I can still do this with God. I can still plead with God, but I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. It's just, I, here's the truth. That's all I can go to. He's all I can run to. And at the end of it, I still have to sit. And there's times, there's times I'm being transparent with you. And I don't know who this is for. I don't, I don't even know why I'm fully sharing this right now, but I have to. There's times I don't want to walk away from the, from the altar. There's times I, I don't want to leave because I want to make God show me. But even that is no good. 
without God's will in it. So when I look at my own family members that don't know Jesus, they confess him, but there's no transforming power in their life. They say he's real, but they have no change. There's nothing. They're more bondage thinking that God has them on a mission that they're not on. It's not true. It's a fake, it's a fake thing. And to watch that and to know that they may not be chosen is hard. So anybody that's listening that thinks that, oh, you know, as a believer, <laughs> that somehow because we have this grace that we look down on people? We don't think we're better at all. As a matter of fact, some of us would give up our own salvation if we could. Is that not what Paul wrote? I wish that I would have been cut off and accursed that you might know. Is that not what Jesus did for us? I will not, I will not preach a different gospel. I cannot. Because I, this, is too, this is real, that's why. And no, it may not compel people to want to sit and listen. It may not. Are you listening to what, it may not. I know we're here, and I don't discredit that. I'm so overjoyed. I'm so, <laughs> you, you don't even understand how blessed I am because I got many brothers in the faith. So just because I hurt for, for my blood brother doesn't mean that I, I'm not rejoicing with my true brothers that are in Christ. But here's what I'm going to say. I can't preach any other way. I can't speak a different way because this is too real for me. I don't know about you, but it's too real for me. Paul was called. He was chosen. I don't need to ask, are you? Because all that does is provoke thoughts. What I do need to say, though, is God knows if you are or not. He knows who belongs to him. Amen. And he said, I wish I would be cut off. Paul said, I wish I would be cut off. That's how impossible it is to be called and be cut off. He keeps you. Amen. So I don't know who your family member is that you, know, you needed to hear that. Because he said before the foundations of the world, before, even before he made the world, what does it say? God loved us. And that's hard, right? It's hard to be on this side knowing you're so loved by God, but not everybody is loved like that. That's hard. Like he loves everyone, but but he has a special relationship with those in Christ. You see what I'm saying? That that watch what it says, God loved us and what? Oh man. Chose us in what? We can't, we can't escape this man, huh? Huh, Michael? We can't escape him. He's everywhere, huh? He said, chose us in Christ. Watch what he said. To what? Be holy and without fault in his eyes. Serge, do you feel the spirit of God? 
when he moves on you? You know what that feels like, right? When he starts tugging on you. Isn't that amazing when the Spirit of God starts moving on you guys? Huh? When he starts stirring in you, you know what I'm talking about? He stirs in you. This, and it's like the love of God comes, right? And it's unexplainable. You can't even, can't even put it in words. Listen, it said before the foundations of the world, he called you, he chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault. So you're already holy and without fault before you're holy and without fault. Because before the foundations of the world, God chose it. He said, I'm going to will it that Tina come to me. And it, even though time has not passed yet, it's already finished because I put in the end what starts at the beginning to get there. No, no. I put at the end of it everything needed that the beginning would get there. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. He chose you before the world was formed to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's amazing to me. He already knew who belonged to Jesus. Amen. Nobody who stands before God on that day will can pull out their ordination. Say, look at this, God. I got, a, I got an ordination certificate. That ain't going to get you in. Nobody's going to be able to pull out a safe and say, I saved all this money for this day because I knew those, golds were, those streets of gold were going to be expensive. Nobody's going to be able to come up with all their awards or accolades and earn entry. But then you're going to see people who are prostitutes and murderers and adulterers and fornicators and just sinners, and they're going to be coming, and these people who are all put together, like did all these things, are going to look as God shows them their way in because they were chosen. Chosen before. Isn't this amazing, this God we serve? Watch this. God decided. What's your, what's your Bible say, your translation? Decided? Any other word other than decided? How many of you guys, when you make a decision on where you're going to go eat, and you finally lock in that decision? <laughs> like if you like tapenaki like I do, right? If I lock in my mind to go to Yoshino's, Ain't nobody stopping me. Ain't nobody stopping me, boy. I'm going to get me some Yoshinos. I already know what I'm going to order. I'm going to get chicken with white meat. I'm going to get some shrimp. I'm going to make sure I get the fried rice with that. I'm going to make sure I get the soup, but I'm going to have to put noodles in my soup, extra noodles. And then I, every single time, because I never remember what type of drinks they have, I say, you know what? Yeah, do you have a, a Coke or Pepsi? Every time. Oh, we got Coke. Okay, Diet Coke. I'll take a Diet Coke. And then I, say, I go, wait, but you got Diet Dr. Pepper? No. Okay, yeah. Every time. When I make up my mind, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. So how much more when God decides? How much more when God decides? How much more when God decides? This is why if you're going through hardship right now, you cannot argue with God. You cannot argue with God because he decided. God decided in advance. In advance. I got to grab God decided, Esther, in advance. Vasilio, he decided in advance. Jackie, through it all, he decided 
in advance. Ramiro, in advance. Sister Megan, in advance. In advance. How many of you guys like that? How you guys? I like advances. You like an advance? I like advances. I like advances. God decided in advance to adopt us. My goodness. How can anybody, how, how can anybody sit and read this scripture? God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. See, this is where the doctrine can go off when people say, see, it gave him great. I gave me. God loves me. God loves me. He, it gives him great pleasure. He loves me, see. And then we start walking around like super Christians. That's not why that's written. It said this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure to do what he wanted to do. Watch this. It gets even better than this. We need to take that spiritual pride or whatever that is, and we need to throw it off because it's not about us. See, the reason why people struggle with predestination is because they don't know how to, they don't know the purpose of it. They get away from why predestination is so valuable because all they do is preach how predestination is for me. But predestination is not for me. Predestination is for God. It's that no man could boast. This is why God chose to do it this way. It is that no one could boast or earn it or do it. That God would be the one to choose. Amen. Hasn't, hasn't that been the case the whole time when we went through the teaching last week? Wasn't it not God who said, I hardened Pharaoh's heart? Was it not God that put the spirit of lies Right? Was it not God that in the New Testament came, the angel came to Mary and there was no getting out of that? Was it not God that put the spirit on her to have Jesus? Did she have a choice in the matter? No. Because he chose in advance. He decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So, verse 6. We praise God. You see the response there? It's not we praise God and then God moves. It's not we come and do something and then God shows up. No, God showed up and he continues to show up and so we praise him. For the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. The wisdom and understanding is the way I'm, I'm, I'm articulating this message to you. I'm not pointing at man. That's what, makes, that's what makes what I'm saying wise. That's why I'm walking in wisdom. Because I'm pointing at God. That's wisdom. And you can't do that in the flesh. <laughs> You're going to come right up next to God in the flesh like you with him, you know. 
Like you rocking with your boy. You can't do that in the flesh. Only in the spirit can you acknowledge God truly. And only in the spirit can you have true understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Jesus, regarding Christ. He's revealed it to us, his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to what? What? Fulfill his own good. Hold on a second. To bless me. You know, I circle back to that a lot because we hear it a lot. People throw the word blessing around like, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Are you? Because true blessing is knowing, hear me, you know how the scriptures say godliness and contentment are great wealth? You guys know that scripture, right? Godliness and contentment are great wealth. But true blessing is realizing, true blessing is realizing that God gave us Christ to fulfill his own goodwill. His own good plan. Do you see that? He gave you Jesus to make his own plan known. And this is, look at, look at your verse 10. And this is the plan. See, I don't want to write, I don't want to write uh, sermon notes because we miss all of this, right? Look at this, verse 10. And this is the plan. This is the plan. There is no other plan. This is the plan. This is it. At the right time. Say right time. Oh, God, help us. Help us to realize you never operate outside of right timing. At the right time, his own, watch, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ at the right time. Everything in heaven and on earth will what? Be under the authority of who? Christ. You said it. You read it. You said it. Christ. Watch this. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ. Say, I am united with Christ. Come on, meet it when you say it. You're united with the best thing. I'm united with Christ. I am. I am. Is there anything better? Anyone better? Furthermore, because we are united, we are united with Christ. We have received an inheritance from God. Watch this. You know how the scriptures say the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous? You guys heard that scripture before? Just a little side note here. I want to give you a little bit of revelation. God doesn't work the way we do. So the wealth that that has been stored up for them that they'll never cash in on is Christ. That's the truth. That God has made provision for all humanity and all time to know him through Jesus, right? But will everyone come to know Jesus? Will everyone come to know the Father through Christ? Will everyone? So then that means those that aren't are wicked. They're left in the wicked state that we got snatched from, that we got saved from. They are left there in all of that wealth, which is Christ, we have. 
That's what he's saying, that that wealth of Christ is stored up for the righteous. Stored up. Just chew on that. that. You could take a week, two weeks, a month to chew on that because it's true. There is no wealth, true wealth, outside of Jesus. He is the center of all wealth. Amen? This inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. There it is again. He chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. You wonder why you got caught doing what it was that you got caught doing? Just say praise God right now because he did it. He intervened. One time I was sitting in the poker room at 2.30 in the morning. I had snuck out. I had a really bad gambling problem for years. And, and, and when I say this right now, this coming February will be eight years that I have not stepped in a poker room. Eight years that... I've been delivered from something that was very demonic on my life. Glory to God for that. See, that's why it works. Because I can't stay free without him. Amen. But I was sitting one time. This was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I was sitting. I snuck out on my wife. She was laying in bed. And I snuck out. And I grabbed money out of her purse. And I went down to the poker room. And I sat out at this table. This is why people can't. They can't, I, I will never change. My mindset is fixed. God has proven to me I have been chosen. Because stuff like this happens, and I don't care, I don't care to look crazy anymore. I used to, I used to be like, oh man, people are gonna think I'm nuts. Well, yeah, they're gonna think you're nuts because it's crazy. But it's true. And I sat at this poker table, just like I normally did, put some money down. And there was this guy who walked in and sat next to me, and he was in a long black trench coat, and he had this black brim hat on, and he sat there, long hair, he had some dark glasses on, and he sat next to me, and he never played a hand. For like an hour and a half, I'm sitting there watching him just throw his cards away, not playing a hand, and, you know, I'm like, at first, I'm like, cool, I'll take the money, you know, it's, it's cool. And after a while, I started, I was like, What's, what is this? This is weird. And right when I was aware of it, I mean, right when I became aware of the fact that this is not normal, he turns and looks at me, and he says, what are you doing here? And he gets up, and he leaves, and I never saw him again. Never seen him before that, never saw him after, nowhere. I look for him in supermarkets. I mean, you know, that's what you do. God sent an angel. And sat that angel next to me to interfere with my life. And it got me up where I went down and I put a ban on myself. Aaron was with me. And I, put, I, I took him with me. I said, I need to put a ban. I put a lifetime ban on myself in California. And I, it's illegal for me to walk in casinos. Because of that moment. Because in advance, God chose me. In advance, God chose you. Think of the darkest place you've ever been. God was there. Think, I know you don't want to. I know you want to forget your past. But you know why you need to remember it? It's because God was there. 
He was there keeping you from ODing, keeping you from committing suicide, keeping you from furthering or worsening, keeping you, showing you mercy. And he knew that in advance. I don't want a God that's making things up as we go. I need a God who knows all things in advance. Because I'm liable to mess things up. <laughs> I'm liable to, to trip and fall, right? But I need a God who already knows exactly at the degree in which I'm going to fall so he can place himself there ahead of time to catch me. Who knows where I would be today if God didn't intervene? Because I sure as heck didn't intervene on my own behalf. It's a shame that so many people are standing up and themselves saying that they chose God. No, God chose me. Amen. All right. What time is it? All right, I'll finish reading this here. Whew. I just feel the anointing. I'm sorry. I, it's hard. It's hard to do this because God's, when he speaks, it's so clear. You know, there's parts of you that's like, I don't want to go too long. And I don't want to, you know, there's, there's those things that still linger in my heart. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I, sometimes I get like, well, you know, they've had enough, you know. And then the Lord just prompts me. He says, no. Enough is when I say. And that's hard. That's hard. Watch what it says. I'm going to stop yelling now. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work according to his plan. Verse 12, God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. That's amazing, right? By giving you what? So this is the identifiable marker. You know, so many people are looking for identity in a lot of things. This is the identifiable marker. The only identifiable marker is do you have the Holy Spirit? Because if you have the Holy Spirit, God identifies you as his own. Giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and what? Why did he do this? Oh, man. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. You want to know one way somebody has this guarantee? Do they glorify God? It's impossible to have the guarantee of the Holy Spirit in you. And there's not this constant wrestling in your heart where it says, that's you, Tony. You're trying to get the glory there. 
the Holy Spirit comes and says, no, this is, we give it to God. Amen. We give God the glory. Without the Holy Spirit prompting me, I can't know. But because I have the Holy Spirit, he prompts me and says, God's not getting glory here. Let's give God the glory here. Right? The flesh would say, that's enough. That's enough. You know, God's got enough glory. I mean, <laughs> the flesh is wicked. Like, let me get some. No. Not a drop of God's glory. Not a single drop. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if you got the notification from the, from the app, those of you that have the Pathway app, and I believe it was on um, Monday. I don't know what day it was when the notification was sent out that you were being prayed for. You guys get that? Hey, this is why I'm praying for you. This is why I intercede. This is why I'm compelled. This is why I go to prayer for you. This is why I thank God because I see Christ in you. This is what Paul was saying. He said, look, ever since I first heard of your strong faith. You know, I've been walking with y'all, man. I've seen the strong faith. God compelled me to even send individual prayers out to our leaders and to pour into them the things that God wants to say. So you are being prayed for. And I'm not saying that to comfort you. I'm saying that you might give God the glory. The only comfort there is is in giving God the glory. It's the only comfort. There's really no other comfort. Amen? God does not comfort those that he can't get glory out of. Did you hear me? God will not comfort those that he cannot get glory out of. He hardens who he chooses, and he shows mercy to whom he chooses. Amen. Anybody in here ever felt the comfort of God? Glory to God. Watch this. I pray, verse, uh, verse let me see. I pray constantly for you. Verse 17, asking God and the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand and in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Verse 22, God has put all things 
under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Do you see this? This is why it's so easy to say, yeah, he did this for me. We're the beneficiaries. That's different. It's different. We are the beneficiaries. So even though we benefit from it, God doesn't work like man does. So God doesn't, it's like man will say, I'm going to take a life insurance policy out on me. That way if I pass away, my children can have an inheritance, right? We're talking money. (laughs) God don't work like that. God is spiritual. So he makes you a beneficiary of something that brings himself glory. That's how God works. So he did not do it so you could benefit only. He did it that by him getting glory, you are a beneficiary. That's how this works. Watch this. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by who? Man, stop talking about Christ already. No, no, who fills all things everywhere with himself. This is Christ. Is Christ. Is Christ. On Wednesday when I was listening to my brother Aaron preach, I've heard him preach several times, many times, but never like I heard him preach on Wednesday. Because on Wednesday, he preached Christ. And when he was talking about being steady, it was in Christ. When he was talking about being aware, it was in Christ. And that is the missing piece of all sermons everywhere. They sound great. But do they point to Christ? Do they really preach Christ? I will not listen to another sermon that points to anywhere else. Because I wasn't called to listen to that. I wasn't chosen ahead of time to give my ears to anyone else but but God through Christ. Let me say that again because I stuttered. I was not appointed ahead of time to bow to Baal. I was not created to listen to anything else. I was not created to look towards anything else, to put my trust in anyone else. I was not created, foreknown, predestined ahead of time to preach a different gospel. I wasn't created to preach. I was called to preach. That's different. I was created for him. I was created for him. You were created for God. Come on. Now, when you look at it this way, when you look at predestination as in what you were created for, you can see it much more clear than why are things happening to me. If you can see that you were predestined for God, chosen ahead of time, that person doesn't care what they endure because they know Emmanuel. They know Emmanuel. They know God with us. Amen? So whether I'm poor, broke, whether I'm lost, whether I'm wealthy, whatever the world wants to describe me as, I have everything 
because I was predestined to have everything in Christ. And that's it. So we're not going to do any takeaways tonight. I just want you guys to fellowship. Just don't, don't be in a rush to leave. Because normally we take 15 minutes of takeaways, right? And we would all sit for that, right? If I was like, yo, here's takeaway. And we would respectfully, some of us reluctantly. <laughs> but we would. And what I want you to do instead is that whatever God is stirring in you, whatever you're taking away, share it. Talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be somebody you don't know. I know that, that, that people try to build bridges that way. Just, just talk to somebody, your husband, your spouse, whoever, and fellowship. Fellowship in Christ. How often, how many times throughout your week and throughout your month do you get to really sit with brothers and sisters and just, just enjoy their company? Huh? So enjoy each other's company tonight.